0: Come on, loud voice, your hearts pointed toward heaven. God, we need you right now, Jesus. in the Old Testament that God desired to dwell amongst his people he told Moses Exodus 25 and 8 he said let them make me a sanctuary not for pretty looks not for the eyes of men not for a church hangout he said but let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them this is more than a conference this is more than a gathering this is a meeting place of the almighty God I, we're here but he's here right now and the Holy Ghost has been in every service from the outset from the very striking of a chord we've had unbelievable worship hasn't the music team the praise team the choir done an incredible job this week ushering us into the spirit of worship preparing our hearts for the word of the Lord and every message I I want to say that sometimes in conference settings God gives you a word and you don't want to deviate from that word and God somehow supernaturally links conjoins the spirit of preachers that there's one spirit That's one message, that's one vein, and Brother Cox, I thank you for following the Holy Ghost this entire week. Amen. Anybody been blessed by Brother Cox and his ministry? (laughs) This is a first-class, first-tier, second-to-none youth conference. And the 238 conference would not be possible if it was not for this faithful church and the ministry of Bishop Frost, Pastor Bradford, this entire church. Anybody glad to be at 238 this year? Amen, I, we are truly humbled to be a part of this conference for a second year. So thank you so much for your invitation, for your hospitality, for inviting us back, my wife and I. We have went through a lot to get here this week. And I know for a purpose that is not known to many, but I feel something powerful for this service tonight. I'm fearful to tell you God has showed me this service. As many times I've got down on my knees to pray. I know that we can't esteem one day above another and esteem one service above another. But God's showed me this service. And there are people in this room tonight that you would never in your life forget what happens to you tonight. It's not about the preaching. It's not about me. But something happens when a young person opens up the portals of their soul and say, Lord, I want you to pour everything inside of me that you have. There's an anointing that's being poured out. Amen, amen. And I I want to be careful tonight know that I love every young person here I want to preach with a good spirit I want to be pure but I want to follow what God what God would have us to do tonight is not a night for you to casually participate in service. Tonight is not a night to bypass the hem of the garment of Jesus that will flow between these seats because God knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly who you are and he came to touch you. I said he came to touch you. Amen. Anybody feel the Holy Ghost in the house? Lift up your hands, lift up your voice. make one request tonight. I cannot preach this message without the help of God. cannot preach this message without the Holy Ghost. If there's any Holy Ghost filled believers I want you to stretch your hand to this pulpit right now. Come on, there's souls weighed in the balance tonight. Come on, there's young people that they're hanging on the cliff. They're hanging on the ledge of conformity. God, pull us back. God, pull us back. God, pull us back. further delay I'm taking my time tonight because I'm breaking Pentecostal and pulpit protocol that I will not take a text tonight will not read proper protocol is to take a text preach that text state your subject preach that subject but I just feel like preaching tonight. Anybody gonna help me preach? I love you great man. Every last one of you ministers, thank you for your labor, the kingdom of God. It looks good to support these young people. Anybody thankful for your pastor, for your man of God in your life? If we can, I will give you my title for the sake of this message and know that this title is intentional. The sermon is not crafted with a stumbling block or any cause for mass confusion. But I'm going to preach tonight from this title, if we can put it on the screen. I'm a closet Christian and I'm not coming out. I'm a closet Christian. Somebody say it with me. I'm a closet Christian. And I'm not coming out. Amen. Amen. God bless you in the fear of the Lord. You may be seated tonight in Jesus' name. Somebody turn to your neighbor and ask them, are you a closet Christian? I'm a closet Christian and I'm not coming out. No doubt, if not giving a text was weird enough, giving you my title has incited some thoughts in your mind right now. You're trying to figure out what in the world is this preacher about to preach? Anybody feel like that right now? No doubt that if you are astute enough to understand society and the vernacular of social and urban language, if you're old enough to understand cliches and terminology and phrases, and thinking and pulling together words in the title i'm a closet christian and i'm not coming out your mind pretty much locked in on the phrase coming out of the closet and when your mind went there you probably thought that you were two steps ahead of me and you think that you you understand the origin of where that term came from, but you'll be surprised tonight to know that the origin of the phrase coming out of the closet began in a place that you probably would least expect and you probably are not familiar with, because coming out of the closet, by definition, the closet is a place of concealment. It is a place of secrecy. Everybody say secrets. It is a place of secrecy, it is a place of darkness, it is a place where things go to hide and things would love to remain hidden. And the implications of coming out of the closet is a declaration of boldness, a declaration of defiance that the lifestyle that's been hidden has now decided to be revealed. You would be surprised to know that at one point in this country, the consumption, the use of alcoholic beverages in the early 1900s was banned all across this country. You could not buy You could not sell, you could not consume alcoholic beverages because it was forbidden to do so. And so those that decided that they would partake in this lifestyle, those that had serious trouble moonshining and packing away as much beverage as they could, those that were alcoholics, they had to hide their lifestyle because it was not morally accepted to be a drunk. You did not see men staggering out of barrooms in the early 1900s. You did not see men hanging on street corners, drunk out of their mind because they remained in the closet. Fear gripped them, but now they're everywhere. And it was then that the idea of coming out of the closet was latched on and we find it more prominent and prevalent in our day that there are movements, that there are societies, that there are groups of people, even those that we know commonly through the day-to-day thrusting of media, that groups like the LGBTQ movement, those that have confused orientations, those that don't walk according to the Word of God when it comes to relationships, it is those that have now decided that they would come out of the closet. But I've not come to preach about any one of those groups tonight because I've come to preach about you and I being a Christian. Know that I'm not telling you, I am not propagating, I am not promulgating the idea that we as Christians should remain in the closet. Know that clear, know that first and foremost, if you miss this beginning, you will miss the ending Because I believe with every bone that is in my body that if there was ever a time for the church to be bandwagon Christians, uh, that we ought to jump on the bandwagon of defiance uh, and say there's no devil in hell. Uh, That's gonna stop me from being a child of God. Uh. Oh, I need about three people to help me preach. Uh. Can I remind somebody in the house uh, that I'm a child of God first, uh, that I'm an apostolic first. uh. There is no movement worth jumping on, uh, there is no crowd worth attaching to, uh, but the crowd uh, that is banned uh, with the blood of Jesus Christ. Are there any Christians in the house? Are there any apostolics in the house? Uh, Can I tell you uh, that I'm apostolic from the top of my head uh, to the soles of my feet? uh, And I'm not ashamed about it. Uh, I'm not apologetic about it. Uh, I am not intimidated about it. Uh, I'm a child of God. Uh, I'm a Christian. Uh, I'm an apostolic. Oh, clap your hands if your mind's made up. who oh, clap your hands if you're sold out for Jesus. Who oh, clap your hands if you're not intimidated. I'm telling you, if the world can rebel, this is the new rebellion. I'll be a Christian. I will not bow. I will stand strong. I'll be a child of God. Oh, you ought to take about 10 seconds and be radical for Jesus. You ought to take about 10 seconds and be bold for Jesus. Can I tell you that we live in a world that everybody has something to say. Everybody has an opinion, everybody has an ideology, everybody has a voice, but cannot tell you that if there's anything that we're going to be, I'm going to be a Christian. People can be bold about whatever they want to be bold about. And the conversation, when the conversation comes to the coffee table and people start talking about sports, they have no trouble remembering stat lines. When it comes to the conversation and people want to talk about politics, uh, they have no trouble telling you who they voted for. But when people begin to press you uh, and people begin to interrogate you uh, and ask you, what do you believe? What is your stance? What do you serve? Who is the God that you serve? Why do you dress like that? Why do you act like that? Then all of a sudden uh, we get spiritual intimidation uh, and we back up in the corner and we don't want to have that conversation. It is easy to be bold at conference. Oh, it's easy to be radical when you're around a thousand young people that believe like you do. But what do you do when you go to school and there's two girls holding hands uh, and you look at them uh, and you know the truth uh, and you just walk on by? Thank you for all 13 of you that's preaching with me right now. What do you do when somebody says all that holiness stuff is not necessary? I'll tell you what I'll do. I will not be a closet Christian. I will not be intimidated. I'll stand loud and proud and say I'm Can I, can I preach some truth for a little while? It is easier said than done. You will, not, you will not make me believe that every young person is bold about the relationship with God. Because the truth is that when the going gets tough and the pressures of Babylon just suppress your soul, it's easier to be quiet than it is to be loud. Am I preaching to anybody just yet? Yeah. How do I know this? Because you find the very men that walk with Jesus. None of y'all do that. The very men that walk with Jesus. When the going got tough, the Bible tells us in Mark 14 and 50 uh, that they all forsook him and fled. They walk with him, they ate with him, they slept by his side, they saw him heal. But when they begin to press them with questions, and they say you walk like you've been with the Messiah, you walk like an apostolic. There's something about you that's different. Do you know that Jesus? And all of a sudden, they they start backing up and they find hiding places and they found It's easier said than done because John 19 and 38 says that there was a man named Joseph of Arimathea and he was not a bold disciple. He was not a radical disciple. The Bible says that he was a disciple in secret. Sounds like a closet Christian to me. He was a disciple in secret out of fear of the Jews. But my question, I want to implore to you tonight, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid that if you're bold and radical, that you might sit by the lunch table by yourself? Are you afraid that if you be bold about Jesus, that you might lose some Instagram friends? What are you afraid of? Are you afraid that if they see you? What are you afraid of? Because I'm telling you that God says, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. There's something there's something that we have to talk about. Can we talk for a little while? Is that right if I take my time and just preach a little bit? There's something we got to talk about because the, the closet has become a, nemes- a nemesis to our soul. It's been a place that we find safety in. It's been a place that we find, we find concealment and we find surety because the closet can be a very, very dangerous place. You see, I understand that we preach holiness. I understand that we preach holiness living, holiness dressing. And we have a whole lot of implications on the outward man. But can I tell you what's dangerous about that? You can't see what's in the closet. I think I'm going to say it again. I'm not, I, 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 Brother Cox, I'm telling you what you preach today uh, is in the Holy Ghost. Uh, but we have to get to the point uh, that the outward appearance is not the focal point. Uh, because holiness starts from the inside uh, and it works its way out. Oh, I feel, I feel my help coming on right there. Holiness uh, is not what you are on the outside. Uh, it's the man on the inside uh, that they see on the... And I'm so sick and tired uh, of everybody coming to conferences. Uh, and they look good on the outside. Uh, their suit uh, is just right. Uh, their tie uh, is straight enough. Uh, their hair is curled neat. Uh, but on the inside, uh, there are dead men's bones. Uh, and there's spirits of carnality. Uh, and there's corpses. Jesus said, uh, you're, you're like sepulchers like uh, that are fleshly painted. Uh, but on the inside, uh, there's dead men there they are skeletons It's all right if I preach like this. It's okay. 2 Timothy 3 and 5 are having a form of godliness. But when it comes down to it, you look like a $100 bill, but you don't have no value on the inside. I'm preaching real nice. I love you with all my heart, uh, but I won't be a a Christian. I won't be a preacher that won't tell you the truth. Uh, If we're going to be a Christian on the outside, uh, we need to be Christians on the inside. Uh, How dare you look your nose down uh, on people you see down the street. Uh, If you don't speak to me uh, when you pass, uh, I know you won't speak to us. Who cares if your dress is to the floor but your attitude stinks? Who cares if you know doctrine if you can't love your neighbor? Can I tell you what a Christian is? A Christian is a man that said, bless them that curse you and pray for them that persecute you. I'm a Christian from the inside out. I'm a Christian from the top to... Oh, you ought to you ought to get with me right there. Uh, There's something in my spirit. Uh, I'm gonna be apostolic. Uh, I'm gonna be apostolic. Uh, I'm gonna be apostolic. There's danger in the closet. Because we've we've gotten professional. We've gotten so professional. That we can we can easily we can easily skate around our you pastor. And we can easily skate around our pastor, and we can put on the facade on the outward man that everything's alright, but on the inside with harboring stuff uh, that's gonna destroy our souls. <laughs> but can I remind you, know ye not that ye are the temple that ye are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwelleth in you. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy. I said the temple of God is holy. I I said the temple of God is holy. I want to be holy. I want to be holy. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like the king. I want to... Can I, can I give you an analogy that make, might make a whole lot of sense to you? I, I, it didn't take me long being a youth pastor. Brother Frost said, I found out something very interesting. Now, I'm a weird guy, so I have OCD, all kind of trouble. This is not me. But I found out that young people, as nice as I can say it, are some of the most disgusting human beings on planet Earth. They can go an entire week at youth camp and not even think about touching a shower. Oh, let the church say amen. Your idea of fresh breath is not brushing your teeth, but if you just get a handful of Listerine strips, you will be all right. Gentlemen, just to help you out, listen, I know you may not wanna get in the bath because water and soap cleanses away all filthiness but spraying yourself with acts does not mean that you're clean. Somebody say he preaching to me. But the idea of cleanliness has transcended from the physical to the spiritual because you find that if a mom asks a young person to clean their room, do you know what they do? They just gather up all the stuff in the middle of the floor and they open up that closet door and they shove it all in. There. And so when mom comes to give a room inspection, they look in the, they look in the room and they said, baby, you did a good job. And then when they open the closet door, it's an avalanche of dirt. But can I tell you uh, that for some reason we've got the spirit uh, that we think that we serve a God uh, that has, he has vision uh, that he turns away uh, when we, when when he wants us to have clean vessels uh, and pure hearts. uh, And instead of us washing out uh, this vessel, uh, we try to stuff, we try to put stuff in the closet uh, and say, maybe mama won't see this uh, and maybe the pastor won't. and we start picking up rugs uh, and we start sweeping everything. But can I tell you uh, that if you're going to be an anointed young person, uh, you got to open up the door of that closet uh, and start ripping stuff out uh, and start ripping stuff out uh, and say, I'm not hiding it in the closet. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right there. uh. You ought to say, create in me uh, a clean heart, oh God. Uh, I'll bow my knee. Uh, I'll beg for mercy. Uh, Lord, wash me. I said, Lord, wash me. Anybody want to be holy? Anybody want to be clean? Somebody lift up your voice and clap your hands unto the Lord. Does it ever wonder why they say skeletons in the closet? Because you don't put skeletons in the living room. Everybody can see it. But can I tell you, young people, that God is a master at revealing the things that are in darkness. That sin will find you out. Oh, I need some you pastors to help me right there. You can hide it all you want, uh, and you can think nobody knows uh, what's going on the inside. Uh, but when the going gets tough, uh, you will be revealed. Uh, when the wheat and the tare are together, he said, don't touch them. Uh, you'll find out who's who in the end. <laughs> Luke 12 and 3 says, whatsoever you have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light. And that which you have spoken in the ear in the closet is going to be proclaimed on the rooftop so you can run, but you can't hide. And so that's why nights like tonight and conferences like this conference are important because there should be no transparency. You should say, "God, I'm no good, but I need mercy. Lord, I'm not worthy, but can you wash me? I want anointing, but I can't have it. If there's skeleton, the closet is a dangerous place." Closet is a dangerous place because what I really want to preach to you about is a lifestyle that's going to keep you when you leave this conference. Oh, God. I'm not talking about this pungent atmosphere of victory that you feel right now, uh, because you won't have that when you're in your room at three o'clock in the morning uh, and your phone is saying, come to me, come to me, come to me. You won't have this pungent atmosphere of victory uh, when the is saying, uh, if you just come to this website, uh, we can have a whole lot of fun tonight. Can I tell you why we lose young people? It's the same reason we lose old people. They stop praying. I don't care how much you shout in these altars. I don't care what you feel right now. If you don't go home and develop a prayer life, you'll lose every ounce. I'm talking about people. uh, You cannot have the audacity to to say that you're a child of God uh, and you don't talk to your father. Uh, You can't say I'm a child of Jesus Christ uh, if you don't talk to Christ. Uh, You cannot Pray that before this conference is over, that this be the last conference that you leave home and you go back home with a dry shell of existence because God is not looking for commitment here. He's looking for commitment at home. He's looking for consecration. He's looking for a, a intimacy. He's looking for a place that you find Him when you're at home by yourself, when you're at school by yourself. He said, if my people uh, that are called by my name uh, would humble themselves and pray, oh, lift up your hands in the house of the Holy Ghost. Listen, listen, listen. There's too many young men and there's too many young ladies that you're seeking a Samson anointing. Because the Bible says that the anointing came on Samson from time to time. He would go through spirituality and then he would waver back in carnality. He would step out of the closet and then he would go back into the closet. But listen, listen, listen. There are people, there's a young man in the Bible by the name of Saul. And everybody wants to give Saul a hard time. Can I tell you that that Saul was a smarter man than you think? Because when the prophet came around, everybody started scurrying. They got worried because they said something's going on. He's not coming here for no reason. But Samuel was looking for a king, somebody that can be anointed somebody that can be sold out somebody that can be committed in the face of the enemy somebody that can be consecrated and Saul knew Saul knew that real anointing comes at the price of obedience because they tell you in 1 Samuel 10 and 21 that when they came to look for Saul they said where is Saul we can't find him but he was hiding he was hiding among the stuff Can I tell some young preacher in the room uh, that you don't hide from true anointing? uh, If you have to walk the road by yourself, uh, if you don't have friends the rest of your life, uh, you be the man that God called you to be. Uh, Young lady, uh, I don't care uh, if you sit all alone by yourself uh, and nobody asks for your phone number. uh, You be the young lady that God called you. Don't be afraid of anointing! I'm telling you, I will not hide! Lord, pour it out on me! Lord, pour it out on me! That's something something that we got away from because it's easy to pray in the altars. And it's easy to weep in the altars. But what about when you get home and you're in your room by yourself and you have a plethora of options of things to do and you can do so much things with your time? Can I I just preach like I feel? Is this all right? There is no excuse for not talking to God. well preacher you don't understand my schedule is so tight when mama wakes me up it's early in the morning and I gotta go to school and I gotta take tests and when I get back home I got homework to do and after I finish my homework I only got three hours to play Fortnite and after that I only got 30 minutes to scroll on Instagram and before you know it mama's telling me I gotta go to bed no sir no ma'am what you gotta do is you gotta crawl out of that bed You got to crawl out of that bed and say, Lord created me. Because there's a God that wants to commune with you. Has it been so long that my breath is strange to you? Has it been so long that my voice is silent to you? So easy to consume out time with everything but God. Listen, I'm not. I'm not just talking about bad stuff. can I just be me for a second? I work in the office during the day, and so any given week, I have, I'm fortunate enough that I got a whole lot of preaching in me. I can put all my headphones at my desk. And in any, any given week, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not lifting up myself. I'm just, telling you, I'm just telling you how you can consume yourself with good things and it still would not be good enough. And I can listen. I, on average, I listen to at least 20 sermons a week. Preaching in, preaching out, going through my mind, trying to keep my mind on God, keep things fresh. Mother Walker, I love a good book. I love reading. I love I love trying to trying to make my, my cerebral expand and, 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 and get wisdom and knowledge and I want to fill myself with good stuff. And I like I like podcasts and I wanna I want to find out what's going on. I, I want to be informed with a with a circuit of, of my choosing. But one day, one day I was I was in bed and I was preparing for a sermon. And I was reading, and I was reading, and I was reading, and I was reading, and I was reading. And I, I, couldn't, I couldn't seem to get that break. You preachers know what I'm talking about. It seemed like I had a wall block. It, it seems like everything, every subject, I tried to pick apart. I wasn't finding anything. I wasn't getting anything. I said, God, God, I need you to speak to me. I need you to speak to me. And I just so happened to marry a praying woman that prays before every conference, that fast would be before every conference. (laughs) And over in the distance, I heard a wailing in the closet. I heard heard a voice of, of weeping in the closet. My wife was on her face as she was praying. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me, and he said, you know the best way to find me? is to talk to me. And I put that book down... And I got down on my face and I said, Lord, whatever you want to say to me, God, speak to me. Can I tell you where you're going to find anointing? You're going to find it in the closet. Can I tell you where you're going to find wisdom? You're going to find it in the closet. What happened to the days that men would pray? What happened to the days that women would pray? Oh, I feel something in the house right now. Hold that man with we'll pray everywhere Listen, 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 listen. I know listen, I know what God's gonna do. Listen, you gotta give me time. Give me time. Listen, listen. When God has something for you to do, the best way to navigate through the spirit that God has called for you is to be tethered to the voice of God so close. You can't hear God if you got a whole bunch of noise in your ear. But Matthew 6 and 6 says, but when thou prayest, he said, enter into thy closet. Because God wants a place away from every distraction. He wants a place from all the noise. He wants a place away from your peers. He wants a place away from your friends. He wants a place away from every influence. He wants a place where you and him are by yourself. He said, he that dwelleth in the secret place. Somebody shout the secret place. The secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. For the last time I checked, shadows were dark and so are closets. That when you find a place with God, you'll walk with places that no man can detour you from. not preaching about just a closet I'm not that shallow to think that everybody has a prayer closet but a closet is a place where there's a deep consecration where the Lord knows your voice that when you say Jesus that his ears are tickled over the edge of heaven and he knows exactly who you are gonna be a day that people regret the moment that they were in a conference like this and he did not pray yes, sir. Yes, sir. he said every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and there is no other time that is, that is a time that we should bow. But if there's any day we should bow, we should bow our knee in prayer. Yes. Yes. And humble yourself. And say, Lord, I want to seek your face. I want to seek your face. I want to know you more. Can I tell you what's the answer uh, to your backslidden parents uh, if you get in the prayer closet? Uh, Can I tell you what's the answer uh, of your parents that's on the roof uh, of divorce uh, if you get in the prayer closet? Uh, Can I tell you uh, how you get anointed uh, as if you pray? Uh, Can I tell you? Every demon in hell uh, that you're battling, uh, you can handle it uh, in the closet. Uh, Every I'm not talking about some repetition that's vain uh, that you say the same thing over and over. I'm talking about a deep welling. I'm talking about uh, tears streaming out of your face uh, and your eyes are swollen shut uh, and you're praying so long uh, that you don't know how long it is uh, that you've been praying. Do you feel that right there? Do you feel that right there? That's the call of Jesus saying, saying, talk to me. Saying, talk to me. Saying, talk to me. Uh, young people right now uh, that your parents abuse you. Uh, They don't live for God. uh, They don't serve the God you serve. uh, And you're trying to figure out uh, how you're going to keep handling this abuse. Uh, I'll tell you how you handle it. Uh, You find the closet uh, and you say, Lord, help my mama. Lord, help my daddy. God save the soul uh, because God hears uh, the broken. Uh, God hears uh, the You feel lonely, you get in the closet. You feel weak, you get in the closet. He said pray, he said pray, he said pray. No, 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 no My God, I wish I wish that there would be a day uh, that we had armies and armies of young people uh, that they were so tethered to prayer uh, that you walk in hospitals uh, and start laying hands on walls, uh, and they tell you, you got to leave because we're losing money on you. Uh, You got to leave. I pray there be a young person uh, that get the spirit of prayer on the inside of you, uh, and you start laying hands on lockers uh, at your school, uh, and everybody's that suicidal. Uh, They decide they want to live. Wait, listen, listen, listen. (laughs) Listen, listen, listen. Don't be mad at me, listen, listen. I know why God, I know why God let me go through what I was going through. Because God will wake you up at all kinds of nights, times of the hour. You want to try, God? You want to, you want to see if God wants to talk to you or not? You begin to petition God and say, Lord, begin to quicken me that I wake up out of my sleep, that you would talk to me. Personal references, But this is the only thing I know because I'm not preaching something I'm just talking about because it's cute. To listen, I told God, I said, God, if this thing is real, I want you to wake me up. Yeah. Yeah. And I was on vacation. You hear me? Vacation. There's no time to vacate from God. I said, God, if this, if this, this consecration of prayer is real, I said, I want you to wake me up. And I went to bed that night in the hotel room in Branson. And I slept good. I slept like a baby. And all of a sudden, my eyes went wide open. And I rolled over and I looked at the clock. And it was four zero zero on the dot. There was no alarm clock that would do what God would do when you, when you say, God, I want to talk to And I climbed out of that bed, and I didn't even know what to pray. But I said, Lord, I'm going to be obedient. And I reached my hand for that door knob, and I turned that door knob, and I felt something shaking my soul, and I hit my knees, and I start wailing, and I start crying. Brother Williams, what were you praying? I don't know. But I said, God, I'm going to talk There's times you don't know what to pray, but there's moanings and there's groanings and there's things you can't get out. But if you pray, listen, brother Bradford would tell you, brother Bradford, correct me if I'm wrong. I've had so many confirmations out of nowhere, crazy stuff. At least 20 to count. Today at lunch, Mr. Bradford, what do you say? It? You say, I'm a closet eater. And I'm not, I'm not putting her on the spot, but what she was saying was that she likes her sweets. I said, man, God, you giving me... Commission. But can I tell you, listen, there's something about God that he loves his people. But even more than that, he loves your voice. There's some of you in here right now, God forgot what you sound like. Because you haven't prayed like you need to pray in a long time. Listen, listen. I'm done. Listen, I'm done. How do you respond? How do you respond to preaching like this? Let me tell you why I'm preaching like this. We've preached on holiness this week. We've preached on, on standing strong and killing the dream killers and getting rid of stuff and all that is good. But if you don't get a prayer life when you get home, the devil is going to attack you and he will win. Can I tell you how you respond? And this is it. Listen. And I'll tell you how you respond. Too many times God prods us, pulls us, begs us, whispers to us to pray. And we shuck it off as just some feeling that we don't understand. God, is that really you? But can I tell you, the devil would never tell you to pray. The devil will never tell you to talk to God. Because that's where your power lies. That's where your strength lies. And when you feel that problem to the prayer, then you pray. I don't care if you're walking in Walmart. If the Holy Ghost hits you, you pray. I don't care. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. We, we, we institutionalize youth prayer at our church. One of, my, one of my good friends he was at youth prayer that night to, and his family, his wife and his three kids uh, he, they took them to the creek uh, but he, he came and told me he said you won't believe what happened to me today he said I was at, I was at King Cole's a place where you make copies uh, and I was making some copies for a Sunday school lesson uh, and he said I, I went to step out of the store he said and the Holy Ghost hit me and I started speaking in tongues in the parking lot he said, something, something on the inside of me, uh, it made me want to, it was like, you need to stop this. Son. You can't be praying like that in public. Come on now. But the Holy Ghost got a hold of him, uh, and he couldn't stop praying. Uh, he didn't know what was wrong. Come on. But he got to his truck. And he had three missed calls and his wife calls him on the other end of the, on the, end of the phone and she's crying and she's hysterical. And she said, you won't believe what happened. She said, one of my kids tried to go across the creek and the bottom got too deep. And she said, I did all I can to keep us from drowning. And something connected in the spirit. He asked her, he said, what time was that? Said because you don't know what happened to me. I I start praying out of nowhere, and he looked at his phone from when the first call came to her to him, and it was the exact time that he starts speaking in tongues in that parking lot. I'm talking about the spirit of prayer that will stop death, I'm talking about the spirit of prayer that will bring back your parents, I'm talking about the spirit of prayer that was. If my people that don't call by my name, will says a prayer. Listen. I'm done. You know what this is right now? Uh, this is not an invitation from the preacher. This is not an invitation from the, from the evangelist. This is an invitation of God. He's saying, talk to me. 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 When was the last time you buried yourself in the carpet and you cried till your eyes were soulless? shut? When was the last time that you lost control? of your members praying to the Holy Ghost I don't mean to be rude, but this is not a moment for me to see your eyeballs. This is not a moment for you to look to your friends and care who's sitting next to you. They can't save you. They can't deliver you. They can't bring you anointing. They can't help you. But God's saying, I can help. I can restore. I can heal. If you need healing, he's a prayer. If you need deliverance, he's a prayer. If you need the Holy Ghost, Lift up your voice, bow your knee to God and say, God, can you you hear my voice?